0: Hey, Pastor Doug Bursch here. So what happened to love? I mean, aren't Christians supposed to be known for their love? I think Jesus said something about love. It's part of the greatest commandment. Paul said without love we're nothing. It's a sign that we've been brought from death to life. And yet Christians are so angry. Today we're going to talk about love. I'm going to challenge you to embrace our mandate to love. We're also going to talk about the most unlucky man in America. All this and more on The Fairly Spiritual Show. Enough- Excited to be with you today. This is an historic occasion. My first show right here on KCIS, the Fairly Spiritual Show. Uh, Today we're going to talk about love, the mandate to love. Now, I don't know if any of you are familiar with my voice, but I used to do a radio show on a network in the Seattle area not a competing network. We're not competing when it comes to the kingdom of God, but another Christian station right here in the Seattle area. And I did the show for five years, 1,200, 1,200, wow, 1,200 shows, a daily talk show from 4 to 6 p.m. The Lord had me move on from that, took a few years off, wrote a book called The Community of God. But now I'm back on the air And hopefully you'll listen on a regular basis. This is what we're doing here. Uh, Every week, I'm going to bring to you two shows, two new shows. One show will be on the radio on Fridays, right here on KCIS. And uh, another show will be in podcast form online. Uh, It'll be available on Wednesdays. And to find out more information about that, uh, you can just go online to fairlyspiritual.org. That's fairlyspiritual.org, or you can just pray and follow the glory cloud. However you get there, I'd love for you to see what we're doing. We're starting something new here. I'd love for you to be a part of it. But I want to get right into it, what we're doing today, and I want to talk about love. But before we do that, I was looking at some news stories here, and I want to share a story about uh, the most unlucky man in the world. I don't know if he's the most unlucky man in the world, but at least in the U.S. I was looking at this. um, This is true. I think it's true. I saw it in several news sources. It's kind of hard in these days to know what's true in the news. But this is a report from Stephen Leahy. I think it was with National Geographic. But uh, the story is about a man who was bitten by a shark. He was attacked by a bear and also bitten by a snake in uh, in three years period. So in three years, um, he was attacked by a shark, a bear, and a snake. 20-year-old Dylan McWilliams was bitten by a shark, attacked by a bear, and uh, bitten by a rattlesnake, all in just over three years. First, uh, they said that most recently, his most recent attack, he was bitten by a tiger shark while body surfing off the island of Kauai, Hawaii, uh, he had seven stitches, and an expert said the odds of being attacked by a shark in U.S. waters is 1 in 11.5 million. So already he's very lucky. It wasn't, it wasn't a huge bite when it comes to sharks, but enough that uh, he had to have stitches. Uh, Ten months before that, he was attacked by i am sorry for laughing. That's It's not funny, but kind of a little bit—he was attacked by a black bear— a bitten on the head while he, was, sorry, while he was sleeping on a camping trip in Colorado, woke up to a bear crunching on his head. Uh, he escaped by poking the bear in the eyes. I assume this is the Three Stooges move. And as he poked the bear in the eyes, I guess bears don't like to be poked in the eyes. The bear ran away. Uh, it took nine staples on his scalp, and he was okay with that. Uh, they say the odds of being attacked by a bear are 1 in 2.1 million. So it's uh, the odds are a little better to be attacked by a bear than to be attacked by a shark, just so you know. Uh, then three years before this, he was, while hiking in Utah, this is in 2015, he was bit by a rattlesnake or bitten by a rattlesnake. He said the bite didn't seem to have that much venom. I don't know how he knew that. Uh, So he decided not to go to the hospital, uh, even though he was sick for a couple days. And uh, the expert here said um, the odds of being bitten by a venomous snake in the U.S. are estimated at 1 in 37,500. So uh, when you put all those odds together, the odds of being bitten by a shark, a bear, and a rattlesnake are 893.35 quadrillion to 1. So the moral of this story is do not go on vacation with (laughs) Dylan McWilliams. (laughs) Uh, The odds are not in your favor. Or you might want to take uh, Dylan to Vegas and see what happens. No, of course, you don't want to waste your money at Vegas. But anyway, uh, it's just, to me, a fascinating story. And it reminds you of this, that if something happens rarely, it's unexpected, right? If something happens frequently, then it's expected. It's it's normal. So when you swim in the water, you you you're not expected to be attacked by a shark. Sorry for those of you who are afraid of that. I, I didn't make it any better, but you know when jaws came out, we were all afraid of those realities, but it's not normal to be attacked by a shark. When you sleep in a tent, you shouldn't expect that a bear will be chomping on your head. Uh, when you're walking on a trail, it's not normal are expected that a snake will attack you. When it comes to Christians and Christianity, uh, there are attributes that should be expected from Christians, right? Am Am I correct? There should be things that you just expect. Now, occasionally, Christians will not act the way they should, right? We'll say, yeah, you know, that's not expected. Shouldn't have done that. Shouldn't be that way. But for the most part, Christians should be clearly known to act a certain way, to behave a certain way, to be be a certain way, and to be a way that is radically different than the rest of the world. But here's the sad truth. Many Christians simply don't look or sound Christ-like. We have, in fact, embraced an anti-Christ witness. Christianity is rooted in love. However, instead of our witness being loving, instead of Christians being known as loving, in our culture, we're almost being known as snake biting, bear mauling, shark attacking, angry witnesses of the gospel. It's a problem. It's not a little thing, it's a big thing. I was looking through scripture at all the scriptures on love, just doing a word search on love, and seeing how love is just not, you know, this might seem so obvious, but I want to focus on this in our show, on the Fairly Spiritual show, because I think the church has missed this. We're moving on to politics, we're moving on to special agendas, but we've missed the fact that Christians are supposed to be known as loving. And at a core level, we are not seen as loving to the world. Uh, Here's just one scripture. Matthew uh, 5 43 through 48. This is Jesus speaking, and Jesus says, You have heard that it was said, You shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, Love your enemies, and pray for those who persecute you, so that you may be sons of your Father who is in heaven. For he makes his son rise on the evil and on the good, and sends rain on the just and the unjust. For if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? Do not even tax collectors do the same. And if you greet only your brothers, what more are you doing than others? Do not even the Gentiles do the same? You, therefore, must be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. And that's in Matthew. If you read in Luke, it's even extended out even stronger where our enemies were supposed to love and lend to and not expect to be repaid. Jesus says we are to be defined by this, people who love our enemies, who do good to them, who bless them and do not expect to be repaid. Jesus says anyone, anyone can love the people who love them in return. Anyone can do that. Christians are to be known as people who love their enemies. When things get bad, when things get difficult, when a fight enters the room, the Christians rise up as the most loving people in the room. When the political discourse gets toxic, Christians are known as the most loving people in the room. And I'm going to tell you that's not what Christians are known as right now. And that's an antichrist spirit. And right now, I want you to know why I'm doing this show. I am tired of that antichrist spirit being associated with the name of Christ. Christ clearly commanded his church to be loving. We still stand for the truth, we speak the truth, we confront evil, we confront wickedness, but we never have permission not to be loving. That the motivation for why we speak and when we speak is because we love every single person that God has created. And in anything, in any conversation, when I'm talking to someone who disagrees with me at a fundamental level, when they disagree fundamentally with who I am and what I believe and what I'm saying, the reason I communicate to them is because I love them dearly. And every word, everything I'm saying, I'm saying for the purpose of trying to bring them the love of God, to reconcile them to God, and hopefully to reconcile us to each other. And if that is not my motivation, then I need to repent. The American church needs to repent because the problem with our church, the problem with Christianity in America is not the government It's not the pagans. It's not Hollywood. It's not those other people. It's our witness. Our witness is not Christ-like. It's not loving. We look like just the rest of the world, but maybe a little angrier. We're called to be loving. We're going to take a break and come back. And when we come back, I'm going to talk about the sign that you've been brought from death to life. Hey, this is Doug Bursch. Thank you so much for listening to The Fairly Spiritual Show. There are three ways you can support this ministry. First, please listen to the radio show on Friday, and you can also listen to the podcast on Wednesdays. Go to fairlyspiritual.org to find out more information. Secondly, your donation keeps this show on the air. Any amount matters greatly. And third, I've written a book called The Community of God, A Theology of the Church from a Reluctant Pastor. Pick up a copy through Amazon or through my website. It'll encourage you on how to abide in community in a broken world. For more information on how to donate or listen to the podcast or just be a part of the Fairly Spiritual Show community, go to fairlyspiritual.org. Your help matters. This is a movement, not just a radio show. Well, if you joined us late, we're talking about love. And if you've been with us the whole time, we're still talking about love. Because there's something that's happening in our culture that has to be challenged. Christians are moving on without establishing love as the foundation for everything we do. And it's not a little thing. It's everything. If we are not known as loving then we're not known as anything. If we just speak truth without love, our truth is meaningless. If love becomes a secondary value, it no longer has value at all. Truth without love is not truth. I know whenever I say that, truth without love is not truth, people are like, well, love without truth, you know, is not love. I get it. But people have heard our opinions, and they've heard our complaints, and they've heard our platforms, and they've heard our agendas, but I'm afraid to say that people do not know that Christians are loving. And for every one witness of a Christian being loving, there are hundreds and thousands of angry Christians fighting through Facebook and Twitter and other social media platforms pushing their political and religious agendas at the cost of love. If we cannot communicate in a loving way, then we are not communicating the gospel. And if our motivation is not love in how we communicate, then we are not motivated by Christ. Because when I speak to someone, whether they are my enemy or my friend, the motivation from beginning to end must be love. And if it is not love, then it is not motivated by Christ. If the motivation from beginning to end is not love, then it is not motivated by Christ and it is not going to produce kingdom fruit. You can tell I'm passionate about this. But I have to tell you, I spent five years on another Christian radio station. I did 1,200 shows, and some of the most angry, mean people I ever met were Christians with an agenda. And they'd send me their angry emails and their angry agendas. And because I said something they disagreed with, or I had a different political idea, or or I didn't nuance something, or I didn't hate the people they hated, or I didn't hate the agendas they hated, and their first interaction with me would be one of the most angry emails I've ever experienced. And I thought to myself, even if I was completely wrong, even if I truly was an enemy of the kingdom, even if I was not even a Christian, If they literally thought they were being Christ-like by sending me this angry, vile, venomous email, they were mistaken. Because whether I was a, a Christian, a brother in Christ, or an enemy, the scripture is so clear. They are called to love me as their brother. They are called to love me into the kingdom. They are called to love me as Christ loved the church. In 1 John 3:11, John says, "The sign that we have been brought from death to life." The sign that we've been brought from death to life, you know, that we've we were dead in our sins, we were lost, we were hopeless, the sign that we have been brought from death to life is that we love our brothers. Let me read this for you. For this is the message, this is 1 John 3:11 through 14. For this is the message that you have heard from the beginning that we should love one another. Everyone who hates his brother is a murderer, and you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him, so John is saying, "You know the sign that Cain had had broken relationship with God and was serving the devil is that he killed Abel, that he hated Abel, the sign that we have been restored to God." the sign that we are saved and restored to God in right relationship through Jesus Christ is Cain no longer hates Abel, Cain loves Abel. And the sign that we have been restored to God is we no longer hate our brother, we love our brother. But if we are hating our brothers... Or if we are not loving, we are abiding in death. And here's the reality. Every time you post something on Facebook, some angry thing with someone, you know, where you're just fighting with them in anger, you know the motivations of your heart. It's not coming from love. You're mad and you're upset and you're, you're, you're trying to find a way to tear them down and make them feel bad. You are promoting death. You are a merchant of death. You are promoting an antichrist spirit. God knows the motivations of our heart. And I get it. You you can say whatever you want. I can say whatever I want. But God knows the motivations of our heart. If we are truly motivated by love. And there is something profoundly broken in the witness of the church on the earth. Yes, there are many Christians witnessing Christ and witnessing love. There's many good churches. There's many good Christians. But there is a profoundly broken witness in many areas of the church where we are witnessing ideologies. We're witnessing political platforms. We're witnessing crusades of opinions and theological convictions, but we're witnessing these things devoid of the foundation of love. And if we are not motivated by love, we have nothing. The sign that we have been brought from death to life is we are loving. That we're loving. I know when someone's loving me, I know when someone cares about me. You look at some of the issues of today. I mean you can have a str- you can have a strong issue about any political position. You can. You can have a strong opinion about whether someone should protest or not protest. You can have strong issues about certain immigration issues, but I can tell you this, regardless of your opinion, you are mandated by Christ to communicate those opinions in a loving way. And if you're not doing that, you're not being Christ-like. End of story. You're not. I read in the beginning of the show that Jesus says, love your enemies. Do good to them, bless them. Jesus says, Jesus says to you, Jesus says to me. He goes, it's easy to love your friends. It's easy to love the people who agree with you. It's easy to isolate from all the people who disagree with you and hang out with your Christian friends who agree with your positions and you can all talk about what's wrong with the world and treat the people who are nice to you, treat them nice, and then those who disagree with you who have different opinions and different perspectives and different backgrounds, then you can just treat those as the enemies and treat them differently and discard them. Jesus says it is easy to love the people who love you. But that's not what you're called to. You're called to love the enemies of God. You're called to love the enemies of God. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you so that you may be sons of your father who is in heaven. For he makes the sun rise on the evil and on the good. He sends the rain on the just and on the unjust. For if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? Do not even the tax collectors do the same? And if you greet only your brothers, what more are you doing than others? In Luke, he says, what credit is that to you? You understand, There's no there's, we're not advancing anything to hang around with people we agree with and to love those we agree with and then to be venomous and vile and angry and bitter and harmful to the people we disagree with. That's not the advancement of the kingdom of God. That is an anti-Christ spirit. The church is aligning itself with angry, bitter, non-Christ-like people. Jesus was known as a loving Savior. Are you known as a loving person? Are you validating, are you advancing the love of God? Is that the motivation of your communication? Is that what your spouse knows about you? Is that what your friends know about you? Are you not, It's a very simple thing. It's a very simple goal. In your church, you should be the most loving person in your church. When you walk in the room, people should say, love walked into the room. The most loving person in the church, the most loving person. If, if your kids are in the schools, when you walk into the classroom, the most loving parent has just walked into the room. Are you known as a person of love? Yes or no? It's that simple. Are people afraid of you or do they relax and go, love has entered the room? What is it? Who are you? Do people see the love of Christ in you? It's easy for me to say these things about you, but as I preach it, I think this, Doug, you know, you're great at talking about love, but you need to grow as a father, as a husband, as a pastor, as a friend, because I'm full of opinions, but love is harder. Love takes more work. All of us are called to love. Lord Jesus, I ask that you'd help us to embrace the mandate to love. Help us in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, I appreciate you listening to the show. Again, we're going to have two new shows every week. One, Friday's right here on KCIS on the radio. The other one will be on Wednesdays, online on the podcast. You can go to fairlyspiritual.org to find out more information. Also... Uh, I have a book out called The Community of God, A Theology of the Church from a Reluctant Pastor. It's all about why we gather in community, and it's especially for people who've been hurt by the church or introverts or people who just don't like being in community. I can relate. It'll comfort you. Uh, And then here's the big one. I need at least every show for one person to donate $100 for us to be on the air. I'm just going to be really honest. In order for us to survive here, at least one or two people to donate $100. If that happens, we stay on the air. If it doesn't happen, we go off the air. It's that simple. I'd love for you to support this. If you want to see more of this, hear more of this on this station, then please donate. Go to fairlyspiritual.org to keep this going. If you think this is what the kingdom of God is supposed to be about, then go to fairlyspiritual.org and say, I want this to stay on the air. I believe this is what the kingdom of God is supposed to be about. This is what Christians are supposed to be about. Make room for the Lord. Advance a better dialogue in a frequently bitter world. See you next week.